this is Kathleen Holland. I'm a second year pediatric resident at Indiana University. I'm here today with Dr. Brian McFerrin. Dr. McFerrin is a pediatric gastroenterologist at Riley Hospital for Children, as well as an assistant professor of pediatrics at Indiana University. Welcome, Dr. McFerrin. Thanks for having me, Kathleen. Happy to be here. So, Dr. McFerrin, I have a couple questions for you. Today, I'd like to talk with you about the topic of diarrhea, which is a large topic easily tested on our board exams. In general, it tends to cover about 3.5% of our board exam content, and just remember that about 5% is the largest section on the board content outline. Dr. McFerrin, can we discuss now some pearls to help us with our board questions for clinical practice? Sure, and, and like you mentioned, Kathleen, um, gastrointestinal illness is a large part of what we do as clinicians in specialty care as well as in general pediatrics, but also um, is a large portion of the tested board material. So typically, uh, we like to separate um, diarrhea and you can, by multiple ways, but the easiest way this to do is infectious diarrhea uh, versus non-infectious. Okay. All right, let's talk about infectious causes for diarrhea first. Do you mind telling me or telling us a little bit about the viral types of diarrheal illness? Well, as you know, the um, most common cause of diarrhea worldwide um, in children, but also here in the United States, is viral in origin. Uh, the most common cause of viral diarrhea worldwide um, is rotavirus, um, followed uh, close second by adenovirus. Both can cause significant um, complications, including um, severe dehydration and even um, death specifically in underdeveloped countries. So what kinds of treatment should we recommend to our patients? Uh, treatment for viral diarrhea is really aimed at supportive uh, measures, specifically uh, restoration of um, intravascular volume status, correction of electrolyte abnormalities. Okay, great. And what sorts of symptoms should we look for for children that are very ill from these diarrheal illnesses? Well, I, I think um, signs of um, decompensating shock secondary to intravascular volume depletion, um, typical physical exam findings um, consistent with um, dehydration. And, and most importantly, perhaps um, one of the most important things to remember for your board exam and in clinical practice is that the use of uh, antidiarrheal medications is uh, never uh, recommended in this um, clinical scenario. Here's the deal. Even though these little kiddos are pooping everywhere, they have horrible diarrhea, you feel bad for them. But the truth is, you can never give them antidiarrheal medications. So if that's ever an option for diarrhea on your boards, the answer is not that. Don't pick it. All right, Dr. McFerrin, now that we've talked a little bit about the viral causes for diarrhea, can we move on to bacterial? Um, e. coli is a major culprit, as you know, but can you break it down further? Of course, uh, E. coli, uh, the most common um, bacterial cause of diarrhea, and as you know, there are many types, um, specifically um, enterotoxigenic, or E.T.E.C., um, is the common cause of so-called traveler's diarrhea, um, whereas E.P.E.C., um, the enteropathogenic, is a common cause of infantile diarrhea, often associated with outbreaks in um, daycares and childcare facilities. And of course, the most important to remember in general clinical practice, but also for your board exam, is EHEC, the enterohemorrhagic form um, of E. coli that is AKA 0157, 
um, associated with um, significant complications, including um, hemolytic uremic syndrome. Um, in a general rule, um, you do not treat E. coli with antibiotics unless it's a confirmed case of, um, say, for example, traveler's diarrhea. Um, the reason behind this is for fear of um, worsening the complications, particularly associated with um, the EHEC form. In regards to uh, Shigella, uh, Shigella is also a common cause of diarrhea um, in infants and children, and often associated with outbreaks. Again, um, can be foodborne, but also often associated with outbreaks in uh, daycare facilities, and this can be treated uh, once confirmed. But as a general rule for bacterial causes of diarrhea, um, typically antibiotics are not used routinely as these are often self-limited um, illnesses. However, um, in specific circumstances, for instance, in a patient who has significant complications, a patient who has immunosuppressed, or an infant, you would consider using antibiotics in some specific circumstances. All right, it's time for your buzzwords. Let's try and make these E. coli a little easier to remember. Intropathogenic E. coli, EPEC. The P is for puny, these cute little puny two-year-olds. Most of the time, EPEC happens in less than two years of age. So P for puny little two-year-old. Enterotoxigenic, E-TEC. The T is for travelers. Remember that if they travel somewhere, now they have some diarrhea, it's E-TEC. The other one to remember is enteroinvasive. And the I should still stand for invasive because this will give you bloody diarrhea. It's very similar to dysentery and shigella. But just remember that I is for invasive. These are sicker kids. In addition, I'd like to mention a couple other general pointers uh, in regards to the topic of diarrhea. Um, remember that uh, Yersinia, which is often tested on um, board exams in not just the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, can present um, with so-called uh, pseudoappendicitis. So always consider this when you have a patient with right lower quadrant abdominal pain and diarrhea. Um, in addition, uh, Giardia is commonly seen across the United States um, and is uh, associated with a fresh water exposure um, typically, but can cause um, chronic diarrhea. Um, finally, in regards to all types of diarrhea, and this is commonly tested on your board exam, that the BRAT diet um, is not necessary uh, for children with diarrhea and they should continue on an age-appropriate diet. <laughs> All right, Dr. McFerrin, let's talk a little bit about the non-infectious types of diarrhea. Well, as you know, always consider first and foremost in infants as well as children, um, the most common cause of diarrhea will always be infectious. However, um, the differential diagnosis for non-infectious and more persistent causes of diarrhea can include uh, malabsorptive uh, type syndromes, for example, celiac disease, uh, inflammatory bowel disorders um, like Crohn's disease, um, and ulcerative colitis um, can also include um, congenital enzyme deficiencies, uh, particularly in infants like sucrase isomaltase deficiency, as well as lactase deficiency in older children. 
In regards to infants, the most common cause of non-infectious diarrhea uh, is uh, milk protein intolerance or cow's milk protein allergy, which as you know is not a classic um, immediate hypersensitivity, but rather um, an intolerance. This typically presents at several months of life with small amounts of mucus and small amounts of bright red blood in an otherwise well-appearing infant who's well-grown, without abdominal distension, without fevers. Um, this ultimately does resolve with trime, but treatment can involve removing dietary protein from the maternal diet if the infant is solely breastfeeding, um, as well as um, numerous options in regards to hypoallergenic formula. This typically, in most children, resolves by 12 months of life, but can persist as long as uh, 24 months of life. All right, now that we've talked a little bit about non-infectious causes for diarrhea in infants, can we talk a little bit about non-infectious causes in older kids? Specifically in toddlers, um, one of the most common causes of um, chronic diarrhea would have to be toddler's diarrhea or so-called chronic um, non-specific diarrhea of childhood. This is thought to be related to um, rapid intestinal transit or, or rapid motility um, and is associated uh, often with um, large amounts of um, fructose-containing juices, which is commonly tested on boards. Um, the most important thing to remember when you're talking about toddler's diarrhea is that their growth uh, remains completely normal and they have no further symptoms. Another common cause in toddlers and into the school age group is uh, lactase deficiency, causing lactose intolerance. Um, this is exceedingly rare to be seen under uh, one year of life, however, starts to become more prominent um, as people age and is associated also, of course, with uh, specific ethnicities. Um, but they can have chronic diarrhea uh, with their lactase deficiency as well. But again, their growth is not impaired. They do not have blood in their stool and no further systemic symptoms. All right, Dr. McFerrin, I want to thank you just for being here today with us and spending some time teaching us about diarrhea. Thanks for having me. Happy to help. Thanks.